Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You were meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we wanted to explore the psychic ability often called clairsentience, and offer you a somewhat different perspective on it and how it is directly related to your creative power. First, most of you have heard of clairsentience and are aware that it literally is the psychic ability to clearly feel, clairsentience. It's a French word, means clearly clear feeling. As with all psychic or soul abilities, you definitely have the ability of clairsentience. Everybody does. It comes with the package, if you will, of being a soul or spiritual being incarnated in a body. Furthermore, you wouldn't be feeling anything without the ability. You might have long assumed that you feel everything you feel through the various systems of the physical body, such as via the nervous system, and the brain, and feeling receptors, and various biochemical processes. Although they are involved in you having some of the experience you call feeling, such as the perception of pain or heat or even pleasure, the much bigger part of your whole feeling experience system isn't part of the physical, physiological part of your body. Most of the experience we call feeling happens in the more subtle, energetic level of the whole body, which is not visible or manifested in the physical world at all. You may have heard stories of the phantom limb syndrome, in which a person who had a limb amputated still experiences feeling in the amputated portion of their limb. This perplexed doctors and others because they didn't know how anyone could feel anything in a part of the physical body they no longer possessed. What they didn't realize was that only the physical level part of the body was surgically removed and the next level of the complete energetic body that we all incarnate into had not been amputated. Yet, it is precisely that next higher level part of the body is where we actually have the awareness of feeling, both sensations as well as emotions. Physical removal of a portion of the physical level of the body doesn't remove all the other higher vibrational levels of the body makeup. Those higher levels are still working fine. It's just that the incarnated soul would have to be a master to be able to manifest that aspect in the physical world. Some souls are more sensitive to the higher level of awareness and energy, and so they can often feel at least a bit of what's going on at that level of life experience, even if the physical counterpart is gone. What makes anesthesia 
whether chemical anesthesia, like used most often to knock out a patient during surgery, or hypnotic anesthesia work, is that it disconnects, in a way, the flow of awareness between the dense physical body and the next more subtle feeling level of the body. In a way, the feeling perception stays confined to the anesthetized physical level that the operation is being done on, and the patient doesn't feel the consequences of it in the second or what is most often called the etheric level of the body. You may have heard various stories of mystics, saints, and enlightened spiritual masters who experience no pain while being tortured or even killed. There's many, many legends about that. No one who witnessed such atrocities would be able to deny that the physical punishment was meted out on such aware and loving people. Yet they may also report that the individual was at peace and smiling while all of what was going on, well, while all of that which was going on as if they felt no pain at all. Well, chances are they felt very little or even no pain at all. How could they not? They had enough mastery of their mind and especially that aspect of their mind in which they would feel pain and other sensations. But they were able to separate the physical body experience and the rest of their higher bodily functions as the incarnated soul that they were. It's not the same as really toughened people who are able to override great levels of pain by enormous willpower. And, you know, that's a great ability to have. But this is not what we're talking about. Those with mastery of the mind do not use their will to separate from the limitless divine will. Another kind of experiences having to do with feeling things you may also have heard of are those individuals who have had a variety of -of out-of-body experiences. During a certain kind of -of out-of-body experience in which the soul travels in its second level or etheric body out of range of the sensory perception activities of the physical level body that may be sleeping under anesthesia and deep meditation or even temporarily dead, the soul discovers that it is able to walk through walls or transport itself instantly from one place to another. If you ask the person who had such an experience, they could describe to you what it felt like when they went through the so-called solid wall of a building or when they were flying through the air. They were feeling those sensations of the etheric level of the body with their etheric body, not the physical level. When you bring that etheric level of feeling awareness down one more level to the densification of the body, then there is an exchange of energy and information via the various physical functions of the body like nerves and skin and everything else that in our mind we project as if we are feeling things physically on a physical level. Those feeling energies and information are transmitted on the physical through the nervous system and proceeds proceeded into the brain to impact everything in the physical level of the body. But the source of the feeling experience is the more subtle, etheric level of the body. Also, you may have become aware that certain feelings you can mitigate with the use of medicine, but there are other types of feelings 
that medicine seems to not affect at all. You might interpret your experience of pain as simply just as pain. Yet you probably you're probably very familiar with the difference of experiencing the pain we associate with a physical injury and what we call pain that is often the result of, say, the loss of a loved one. Even though you might call each experience painful, the former would be a physical body-based injury-related pain, and the latter, latter would be the pain that you feel from an emotional upset that comes from a very different level of the energetic body makeup. Yet you are predominantly feeling both kinds of pain in the etheric level. Just the source level of the experience is different. Yep. The experience we generally refer to feeling something, whether we're talking about a sensation of some sort like hot and cold or feeling a certain kind of emotion like anger or guilt, what we experience we call feeling that sensation or emotion. In fact, sometimes those feelings are related, aren't they? We can say that a person was hot with anger or cold with fear. Hmm. There's both the feeling of an emotion as well as a feeling of a sensation. You could have a heated argument (laughs) or get cold feet when your emotional state of mind translates into a physical body sensation. Yet, again, both of the different level experiences are felt in the etheric body level of the mind. Let's take another look, another kind of example of the experience of feeling. Most of us have, you know, I I know I have, but most of you probably have had a massage or two in your life. For some of you, it may be one of the great pleasures of life, whereas for others of you, it's either merely just practical therapy that helps you function better for a while afterwards, or even not an experience worth spending your money and time going through. And That could be the range of experiences, even if several people had the same massage therapist giving each one the exact same kind of massage. Perhaps some of you have had a variety of experiences ranging from pure pleasure to almost a torture session when you had enough massages. Mm -hmm. I know I have. Sometimes the Pleasurable massage lasted long after I came off the table, and at other times, it was very short-lived. One time, a massage was more like a (laughs) torture session and nothing more. Another time, during the bulk of the massage, it was like a torture session, but I felt so much more flexible, pain-free, relaxed, and energized after that session. So, all different kinds. Those kinds of differences in my experience came from the type of massage I was receiving as well as the expertise of the therapist. But I've also experienced receiving the exact same type of massage from the same therapist at different times. And the experience in one was one of, say, pleasure and healing, while the other was merely like going through the motions and not much feeling of relaxation or peace. 
The biggest difference between the two experiences was in how I felt during and after the session. In the former experience, I was aware that the therapist was very present and in a great state of mind, whereas in the latter, the therapist was distracted and going through some personal troubles. Feeling is a vast and varied experience. And as Raphael mentioned earlier, the source input of the feeling can come from a variety of different levels of consciousness related with the different levels of the entire complete energetic body consciousness makeup. Just as the Buddha said, you become what you think. What and how you think will end up with certain kinds of consequent feelings in the etheric body and even manifest as physical or physiological conditions in the physical body. How you decide to use your free will on a soul level of the body will manifest itself in a variety of ways in, in your feelings and in your physical body as well. Of course, I'm sure most of you are quite familiar with what happens when you let your emotions become the boss of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what does your clairsentience or ability to feel energies clearly have anything to do with your creativity and power? Well, most of you have probably heard of some acting coach or singing coach tell the performer <laughs> that they were coaching at the time to do their lines or their song once again, but with much more feeling. What would speaking or singing with more feeling do? Well, of course, a singer, for instance, could sing a song technically perfectly with perfect pitch and all, but their performance wouldn't compare with a singer who sings their heart out with less technical accuracy. When anyone expresses themselves with true feeling, whatever they do moves us. And what moves or inspires us into any kind of action is the hallmark of power, isn't it? Power gets you going. Power allows you to accomplish things. And power is creative power. It's not an accident that when someone puts a lot more of their innermost feeling behind what they do, whether it's giving a speech or singing or leading a group of people safely out of crisis, great things happen. You could say all the right things, but if there's no power behind those words, no one takes action. Nothing great gets done. And the second to the final stage of getting things done in this world, which is the expression of creative power, requires connecting your awareness with the feeling part. That's at the base of the psychic ability that is commonly called clairsentience or clear feeling. Feeling clearly means being clearly aware of the energies you are feeling. If you're not clearly aware of the energies you are feeling, you may easily fall into the downward trap of doing something impulsively based on 
say, someone else's energy. When you have certainty that what you are feeling is who, how, and where you are. You could move mountains if that's needed. Also, why your clairsentience essential to you accomplishing anything of real benefit in this world is that a fundamental function of feeling is confirming the reality of something. Notice that when you merely think about something, it's nowhere as real as if you felt it, right? Now, this is a big part of your clairsentience ability to feel the reality of spirit. For most people, spirit is not very real or real at all since they don't experience feeling spirit. I recall having had a chance to tag along with the family of a friend when I was a kid on a Sunday to their church. It was a predominantly black Southern Baptist church, and I remember the pastor leading the congregation to feel the spirit. The most memorable part of the service was the extraordinary gospel singing. The entire congregation was on their feet dancing and singing with the choir. Yep, it made spirit more real as everyone felt it. Feeling the creative power of spirit, it made you want to sing and dance. So yes, clairsentience plays an essential part in anyone not only expressing who they are and for what purpose they are here in the world, but also to manifest their vision for heaven on earth. There's so much to say about all of this because feelings, as I talked about earlier, go on so many different levels. Michael was talking about the power in words mean nothing unless somebody puts the energetic and creative power behind them and the person receiving those words are able to feel them in a sense. Well, our first break is coming up and it's a really good time to mark your calendars. On Saturday, January 7th and Sunday, January 8th, we're offering our special New Year's remote four Zoom class plus a bonus Zoom Q&A weekend event. Not only will it be our first event of 2023, but it's been our tradition to offer you something that will help you reset your vision, energy, and the course for the new year. Included as our gift to you in this weekend of the four Zoom classes will be our ever-popular, fun, and profound bonus post-Zoom Q&A talk story and social on Sunday following the last class for anyone who takes part in at least one of our classes during the weekend, although we'd love it if you would take all four classes because that's for your best benefit. We'll post the titles, descriptions, and details for this remote weekend teaching event soon, so please stay tuned and uh, do join us for that. You'll find it soon on our website, calendar, newsletter, or our social sites. It will be a wonderful and powerful way to launch your life in the new year. One other thing is, just so you know, um, our show, Living the Miracle, can also be heard on a number of platforms besides just coming straight to Voice America. 
Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. There's a few for you. We'll return in just a bit to continue with Claire Sentience and your creative power. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Today, our topic of exploration has been clairsentience and your creative power. Let's see how else your ability to feel clearly and your creativity and power are related. I have to share kind of a funny story about something that happened recently because this is very typical of what happens with our creative power. Um, I had a day when it was probably a Monday because I recall it was a day I was to go shopping. Monday is my shopping day for getting our food and everything. And something happened in the morning. That part I don't remember. Whatever it was, I must have let it go. But it upset me. So when I got in my car, of course, when I'm upset, I try to ground and and find my neutrality so I don't take that upset on the road. But I suppose I didn't really do a thorough job because as soon as I got on the road, everything started blocking me up. I um, Between here and two miles from here, which is where our main grocery store is, I hit every red light, and there's about 10 of them. <laughs> and uh, it just got worse from there. My uh, uh, rearview mirror on the passenger side, I looked over, and it was flipped backwards like somebody had forced it backwards. It was broken. And then it's that day started going like that. It was from one thing to another to another. It was like I took my upset with me and it started manifesting in my day. <laughs> so when I came actually to the first grocery store, 
or stop that I had to make, which I think was actually at the post office, uh, I sat in my car for a while and just found my space, found my amusement, and just decided I, I know how much it costs to replace one of those things. I guess somebody must have uh, pushed it back uh, during the night or something like that. You know, people do that when they walk by in the street. And one of the things I did was just forgive that person and forgive myself for being so upset about it for a moment. And just letting things go, letting it go, letting it go, letting it go. Because the last thing I wanted was to continue being upset because in my past experience, when I would be really upset during the course of a whole day, something bad by the end of the day was going to happen. And that's because the energy builds up when you're upset and then something else happens and you get more upset and then some, and it's usually little things. And if you, if I didn't mitigate, you know, if I didn't stop that, um, it was going to turn into, you know, making a mistake in traffic or something like that. So in, in the post office, I found my space in, while I'm sitting in my car and, um, I ended up having a pretty good day, but I've lived long enough to know that had I taken that with me, like into the store, probably a lot of the important things I wanted to buy were not going to be there. It's just, and I saw that already. So I just decided that's not the way my day is going to go. And that I could have, having been upset, letting it go and moving on. Now, there's another energy with your clairsentience that's pretty powerful and can affect a lot of people. I'm working with one client right now who has this, so I was reminded of it. And that's having clairsentience, the ability to feel so strong that you pick up on, on the feelings of others all the time. And sometimes if the other person is, say, angry or, you know, even angry at them, they start to feel like they're the ones that are angry. So sometimes when you're taking something out on another person, you might want to check yourself because it might not even be your energy. It could be your energy, in which case you have the power to stop that. But if the feeling you have in your space is not yours, the rule of thumb is if it doesn't feel good, it usually isn't yours. So the first step is just taking your power back and saying, no, I don't want to channel that energy to someone else. I would rather have a good communication with that person, even if I'm feeling, you know, like I want to really yell at them or something like that, like their teenage son. So just noticing, for instance, uh, in the case of this woman I'm talking about, it's her, uh, the energy that her mother ran all the time that she took on. She took on her mother's anger. And for one day when she ran her energy, she was free of that for the first time in a long time. And she was able to feel good and not feel like she had to yell at everybody all the time. But that's sometimes what you do when you're trying to get someone else's energy out of your space, you project it out onto someone else. So with that in mind, I just mentioned, you know, there are power in words. So when you say words to another person, it can do damage. That's the other part of your creative energy with clairsentience. That is, if the person has, let's say, uh, mental pictures within them that would receive those words in pain. So 
This is where when you're working with the energy of other people or even learning how to control your own, uh, let's say, emotional self, being aware, being a little more diplomatic with your words with and without throwing a lot of energy behind them is going to help you take your next steps of not wanting to yell at everybody all the time. Yeah, well, you know, Raphael brings up a really good example because we've all seen it. We've all been there. How many times a day, if you're out and about, do you see interactions between people where somebody's smiling down the sidewalk, walking, obviously, in a pretty good place? And then you see someone else going the other direction on that same sidewalk, really not a happy camper, <laughs> right? And so the happy camper is, as the happy camper is passing by the happy, happy camper, <laughs> uh, says something, does something, not, you know, horribly vicious or anything like that, but yeah. And, and the happy one reacts in, what's wrong with you? You know, kind of a, uh, gets angry about the anger that the other person was going through. What's that about? That's exactly what Raphael was talking about earlier in terms of picking up on other people's feelings. And not, a, not just reacting to it, but why do we react to somebody else's anger when, let's say, somebody else's anger when we were happy to start with, you know, it's a beautiful day. We're just whistling Dixie and, and <laughs> you know, minding our own business and just being in a good mood. And then we run into somebody who uh, does something that's, you know, not very nice. And then you get angry about it. Oh, was that really your anger? Or were you just picking up the other person's anger and becoming it? When you do that, you're trying to solve their anger, and you, you think it's your anger. Huh. But does it do you any good? No. And does it do the other person any good? No. Because if you do that, chances are, depending on how angry the other person was, they're going to get angrier. <laughs> and, and now they have a target. You're the one they could get really angry at. Huh. And it's a, it is escalates. Is that the day you want it? No. So, so what happens? Ah. One of the things to become aware of is, oh, wait a minute. That's a strong feeling, but that's not the way I was feeling. Oh, yeah, I'm just becoming aware of someone else's feelings. And the next part is instead of becoming that someone else's feelings or reacting to it even, it's just going, well, what would I like to do with that? Oh, I definitely don't need to engage. I definitely don't need to, you know, uh, throw it back at them, even if that feels like it. 
Ah, okay. And then if you want to take it even a step further, what would help change the energy? Not just in yourself, but just even maybe in that person. It's not, that's not trying to solve their problem. That's just you deciding, you know, I, I don't have to live in this energy. What kind of energy would I like instead of what I'm feeling? And then you realize, oh, just a moment before, before this, I ran into this person, I was happy. <laughs> it's been a good day. It's, so why ruin that? Why not continue? Restore myself to that happiness that I'm experiencing. I, that's where I am. And just decide. Oh, yeah. Am I happy with myself? Yeah. If I, if I go to this becoming the other person's emotion, whether it's anger or guilt or grief or anything else, fear, whatever it is, I'm not going to be that happy with myself, am I? No. Okay. I have to restore myself to being happy with myself. And just like Raphael said, first step is acceptance. You have to be able to have what you experienced okay you know i temporarily i was uh, really unhappy but that's okay that's already done with been there done that i don't have to continue and once once i make that decision it's like okay next step i like to create ah remember creativity and power and feeling have a lot of relationship. And so it's the feeling part that brings forth to this physical level of the world and your life experience here. It makes things the way you feel about it. So when you decide, you know, instead of matching the other person's anger, whatever, and become that and react that way, I'd like to be happy. I, I'd like to feel good. Yeah, let's let's foster some more, more of that good feeling. And when you make those decisions, and you start to notice, I feel a little better, or even a lot better. The example that Raphael gave earlier, too, of you know starting off the day fine, and all of a sudden something happens, and you get really upset. We all have been there, done that. And, but it takes a lot more awareness to recognize, oh, yeah, what happens if I stay upset? I'm just going to carry that on to the next part of my life. And when you make the decision, no, I don't want to do that. How do you, what's an easy way to get yourself unstuck from it? is once again, you have to accept that you got there, you were there, that's okay, but that's already passed. You get yourself in the present, and then you gotta be able to laugh about it. Ah, uh, yeah, don't take it so seriously, because if you take it seriously, you're gonna take it seriously. It's and, like the energy leaks into everything. Yeah, and then you seriousness is very heavy energy. But if you lighten it up and you go, 
you're able to laugh at yourself for, oh, yeah, I, I messed up, you know. Laughing is, is a really important step in the process of forgiving yourself or forgiving anyone. It's If you can laugh about it at least a little bit, then you can take the next step. You can shift your energy. Yes, and uh, clairsentience is such a powerful part of who we are as human beings, actually, because of how much we do feel. And I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, there is that fine creative line from clairsentience, just feeling things and finding that place where you can use your power in what you're feeling. And uh, creative projects, for instance, are part of that. So I'm a writer, and I know one thing, at least for me, because different writers do this differently, but while I'm wanting to write my book, I'm trying really hard to finish it, folks. I really am. Maybe I'll talk about that in the third section. But what I notice is on the days that I have that creative flow going, I feel and I see also, because I'm, I'm a clairvoyant, the seeing part is just mixed right in there. I see what I want to be writing about. And I feel the energy. Even I'm writing about my dog, Shanti, who passed away in 2017. It's a, it's a wonderful book on reincarnation where she's come back to me three times. And she is actually narrating the book. And so when I come into an energy where my energy is stepped up, I've cleared out enough of everything else that I have to do on a day-to-day basis and so on, I, I always know that I'm in the right space to write because I feel Shanti and I feel the story and it's, it's just right in front of me. And, you know, that, that little fine line between just feeling something and then moving it into a creative project is sort of a magical space for me anyway. And when I actually can sit down and write, it's it's flows so beautifully and it's super powerful because there's uh, it's like there's an opening where it can come in and come through. And so anyone that has creative projects going on, this is one of the things you can be aware of. Well, our second break, believe it or not, is coming right up. And so are Christmas, Hanukkah, and the Holy Days. Remember Michael's award-winning book, You Are the Answer? Discovering and Fulfilling Your Soul's Purpose makes a wonderful gift for anyone seeking their soul purpose. It's available from Amazon as well as through our office for a specially signed copy. Also, for any of you who would like to go further on your spiritual path, self-healing, and or psychic development, how about a wonderful gift of a class for yourself? We have all kinds of Zoom classes, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats available to purchase and download. And this is from the beginning seeker all the way to the very advanced. You can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the Download Audio tab in the Events menu section of michaeltamora.com or by calling our office at 530-926-2650 and speak with our wonderful assistant, Debbie, and she'll take care of you. We'll return in just a couple of minutes to continue with Clairsentience and Your Creative Power. We'll be right back. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's wonderful to have you back. We've been addressing the relationship between your clairsentience and your creative power. Let's find out more about what part of your ability to feel and express your feelings play in your process of manifesting your creative power in the world. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk about was how do you get to that creative power space? You know, some of you, I've actually heard people say to me, well, I'm not creative at all, or I'm not very creative. Well, that is completely not true. If you're here and you have a body and and you have a life, you have a roof over your head, a car to drive to work, or even, you know, half that stuff, you're creative. You're creating something. And a lot of your creativity, uh, it comes forth from your own thoughts and your own attitudes. So one of the things that I found that's very helpful is if my energy space is not clean, I can't create very well. So uh, we've talked many times on this show about how to ground, be in the center of your head, bring your energy in, fill up with gold suns and so forth. In fact, you can find a meditation for that. This free on our website. If you go to our website, michaeltamora.com and go to the free stuff and hit the audio button, um, it'll take you to the spiritual toolkit. So that's a way you can start your meditation, you know, start your day with a meditation, clear everybody out of your space, have a good, clean space. Another thing that's really helpful is to be rested and to eat properly. You know, give yourself the right foods. Don't do drugs and alcohol. Sensitive people do not do well with these things because it affects all of your energy systems. And then creating the time and space to do whatever it is you want to create, like my writing, um, 
if it is, you know, not in your power to do it, you know, it's a lot easier to do it grounded in here and now. But sometimes some of you, your creativity runs in such a way that you have to create something on the on the run. And that's kind of fun. You know, I'm also a songwriter, and I've heard over and over again how some of, I can't remember which ones are they are right now at this moment, but some people have written total hit songs on bar napkins or whatever they can get their hands on because the inspiration, you know, the, the connect, what does inspiration mean? It's in spirit, right? The connection with spirit came at an odd time. One time when Michael was driving, <laughs> he had a song, a download of a song in his head and he didn't want to stop driving, so he used a, a recorder on his phone, I think, to... No, uh, this was before cell phones, but so, there were car phones. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I used a uh, car phone, called up my answering machine. <laughs> and, and sang it into the answering yeah, machine. bit by bit over a, like an eight-hour drive. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, the, the whole thing is following your creative instincts by noticing it, you know, when that comes in. And usually you might notice um, you are in a different kind of a space when that creativity comes in. Now, in the old days when I was writing my early songs, the only time I could write what I thought was a good song was when somebody had hurt me really badly. And that's not untypical for a young person. You know, you're just learning to manage your emotions and and the stupid things people do sometimes to one another. And, you know, as you get older, you just recognize that this is the, what this kind of a person is going is and is going to do. But when you're managing your emotions, writing songs is a great positive outlet instead of obsessing about how much you can't stand that other person and so on. And, of course, you can modify it later when you're feeling better. And, and not angry or upset or hurt by that other person. But I love that creative process, and it always starts, in a sense, with a feeling, like I was talking about with my book writing. It's, I always know on a morning a day that is going to be a good day for writing because I start to actually have the process of what I want to write that day already happening in my awareness. Yeah, and... You know, one of the things about the power of the clairsentience and feeling, I'm sure you've observed or you, you've experienced it in yourself as a parent to a child or an adult having a, you know, some kind of a relationship with a child and a small child, like under, say, especially under seven years old. And you might be thinking you know, in your head, you're you're kind of thinking the right things to say to that child, or you're trying to teach the child, or you're trying to comfort the child, or whatever. And you think of the right words you're saying. But if you notice, whether it's you or someone else you're observing, if they're not feeling it, uh, their thoughts are not the same as they're feeling. It's they're they're saying the right things, but they're feeling something very different Come inside in. of themselves. Yeah. And uh, so then, you'll, and if you watch the child, the child almost always 
will respond to what you're feeling, not what you're saying. Ah, but the what I've observed over many years is when the person who's communicating to the child is thinking and 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 feeling the same thing. You know, they're they're feeling what they're what they're saying. It's it's like that voice coach saying, you know, okay, uh, the te- performance was technically great, but now can you do it with more feeling, right? So you're bringing in not just your mental uh, ability of thinking and doing things right on that reasoning level, but you need to bring up the feeling aspect of the clairsentience. It's a lower level than the mental, and um, but those two have to coordinate. They have to be in sync. Then the power is there. Just like in even in the communication between a parent and a child or an adult and a child, when the child responds fully to what the adult is saying, that's power, right? That's creative power is being manifest. Whereas the parent or adult is saying all the right things. If you were to get a transcript of their conversation, you'd say, oh yeah, that that parent really said all the right things. But then you look at the child and the child is still in the same place (laughs) as before the communication. It didn't really move them. It didn't inspire them. It didn't heal them. Ah, so that's, that's the part where this key factor of the clairsentience comes in is it brings you, it grounds you to here, to this physical world, what you envision in spirit. When you bring the, the feeling to it, then you ground it, you, you make it, establish it in the world, in the physical world whether it's speech, or even uh, Raphael talked a lot about her writing. Same thing. When she writes, she could write the same words, and it's going, yeah, it's, it's good writing. But when she writes those words, when she's writing it, she's feeling all of that. Then it's an entirely different ballgame. The power in what she writes is right there it it moves you so this is the yeah i think this is the part where i talked about the voice coaches you know for singing and speakers and actors but the same goes for writing coaches some are technically proficient on a you know grammatical uh editing so technically all your sentences are going to be correct uh, and everything, and, and it's clear and easy to read and all that stuff. But then you have other coaches who might have the same technical proficiency, but also they they look at it and they read your material in a deeper level where they're going, okay, can you write this with more feeling? Oh. Well, how about uh, 
nonfiction, you know, like a scientific thesis. Well, <laughs> how often have you read something that was like a scientific dissertation, all very, very technical, very high fluent uh, terminology and everything that you may or may not even understand? But even if you did understand the, the words, is it something you want to stay up all night reading unless you were absolutely interested in the technical stuff? Probably not. <laughs> but what we call page turners in, in, in reading you know, books, generally they tend to be novels. Or more recently, when, when nonfiction writers started to practice and, and learn and practice the techniques of, of uh, fiction writers. And now we, we do have, you know, amazing writing of very technical scientific stuff, but they're page turners because the author writes it with, a, with feeling. And it's not just some intellectual dissertation. It's, it's a story. It's engaging. Ah, that's the clairsentience part is when you read stuff and you feel what, what the other person's communicating. Yep, that's correct. Well, another thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap this up today is um, feeling something clairsentiently and how uh, it makes spirit much more real or present to you. You know, your clairsentience is a wonderful ability as long as you're not stuck in it, because if you're always in that clairsentient space, you'll probably get exhausted, but it's part of your whole system of psychic ability. So when spirits are around, for instance, um, for those of you that are really sensitive, you can feel the presence. Sometimes you can smell the spirit. I have often smelled angels or you know, other very high-level beings like flowers or roses, um, and in several occasions, incense, which was really amazing. And you can also feel it almost in a change of atmosphere or the feeling at the back of your arms. You can even feel like the heebie-jeebies, <laughs> which is like, I feel creepy. <laughs> But this can be positive or negative. I had a friend who had just passed over who was playing games with me, and it gave me the heebie-jeebies until I realized that it was just my friend. And I asked her to stop it and because she, she was flickering my light that, did, that never had a problem. And um, she completely immediately stopped, and I actually felt the vibration of her laughter, which was just amazing. So... Just remember, if you're always in your clairsentience, it's going to be difficult. But, um, you know, I, I tend to be more in the clairvoyant space. So if I feel something, I look clairvoyantly because that's the safer, more neutral place. But, you know, your feeling space is like your alarm system. All right. So we're at the end of our show today. We appreciate each and every one of you for joining us. We're grateful that we could spend this time with you each week and celebrate living the miracle of our soul life here on earth. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for Prayers Are Not For Beggars. I love that title. All too often, people might consider praying as the last resort or when they feel powerless to do something themselves. Yet, 
Prayer is the most powerful avenue of communication and creative expression. Can you tap into your greatest power when you are desperate and begging in powerlessness? Or would you need to own your power to ask for help? Tune in and find out more about why you can't believe you are powerless and a victim if you are going to pray effectively. Well, until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.